Section 27 of Short Stories from Locomotive Engineer's Journal, Volume 52. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jamila. Short Stories from Locomotive Engineer's Journal, Volume 52, by Various. Section 27. How She Proposed. By F. A. Mitchell. Women are a queer lot, said the old fisherman. They remind me most of a crab. If you expect a woman to move forward, she goes back. If you expect her to go back, she goes forward. And if you don't know which way she's going, she moves sideways. Anyway, the only gal I was ever stuck on went that sort of gate as long as I knew her as a gal. She was the daughter of a man who owned one of the best farms ten miles back of the coast, and with a lot of money in the bank. Phoebe was the only child of her parents, and it was generally suspicioned that when the old man died she'd get it all. I was a husky young feller in those days, and was in my element when in my boat. She was a single sticker with a jib, and I reckon I knew how to sail her. I was fishing in those days, but in midsummer we were shut off from taking lobsters, and the mackerel are hard to get. Now and then, I got a chance to take out sailing parties. When Phoebe came down, she always had money her dad had given her for spending, and she used it to invite sailing parties to go out with her. My boat seemed to be her favorite, though my reputation for sailing in a fog at n or at night might have something to do with it. At any rate, Phoebe always took my boat when she could get it. She was mighty fine of the water, Phoebe was, and when she had nothing else to do, would come down to the dock and just loaf around. One morning, she came down when I was starting out to place my nets. If you like to go with me to the fishing grounds, I said, you're welcome. I'm coming back after placing the nets, and I'll bring you right here. She looked doubtful, but mighty sudden, she jumps down onto the deck. I loosed the painter and pushed off. There was a good breeze, and we sailed along in the sunlight. Maybe I wasn't a happy yonker. Talk about work, it ain't work at all, although it was making a living. Phoebe was gay and purred as a little red squirrel. I took her out to the fishing grounds to the lee of Black Island and brought her back in time for noon dinner. And she seemed to have enjoyed herself better in when we had a sailing parties aboard. After that, Phoebe used to go out with me a good deal. The bay was always full of boats and she often hailed friends of hers. Sometimes they tried to persuade her to leave me and go with them, but she wouldn't. She told me she liked it better to have the whole run of the boat than sitting bolt upright in a crowd, ranged around the gunwale. When we went out in the morning, the bay was usually quiet, but if we came back in the afternoon, there was apt to be a stiff wind that kicked a sea, which made a small boat uncomfortable. One morning, Phoebe came down to the dock with a lunchbox and asked if I was going to the fishing grounds. I knew by the box that she calculated to make a day of it, so I said I was going and wouldn't come back till afternoon. That suited her. She got aboard and we sailed away. That afternoon, the wind come on to blow fiercer than I'd ever known it except in a regular storm. In order to make a straight course for home, we had to take the wind and sea on the forward quarter which wasn't comfortable, seeing that the boat soon was half full of water, and we was both wet as drowned rats. 
but this wasn't the worst of it. It blowed harder and harder, and after a while I almost wondered if so small a boat would live in such a gale. Phoebe sat down, backed by the cabin watching me. There's something for a woman to look at in a husky man fighting wind and waves, and I could see admiration in Phoebe's face. She didn't seem a bit afraid, so long as I was at the tiller. When I left up to the pier and saw Phoebe jump on it, I felt a big relief. She stood up there, smiling at me, and she says, That's a sail as is a sail. Not one of your little pleasure excursions for women and children. Just so, says I, hoping I'd never get caught again in such a blow with a gal aboard, especially that gal. By this time I was desperate in love with Phoebe, and I was miserable. For want to be expected that I would ever speak a word to a rich farmer's daughter, I being nothing but a fisherman making little or nothing. September was coming on. Phoebe told me to come up to the house where she was, and she would settle some accounts there was between us. I went, and she had it all figured out, that she would owe me one dollar thirty-seven. She went upstairs to get the money, and she stayed so long that at last I looked around for something to interest me. I got up and walked about the room. There was a partly finished letter laying on the desk. Without thinking what I was doing, I read a few lines. And they was the most important lines to me I ever read. They just made my heart thump like a hammer splitting logs. When Phoebe come in with the money she owed me, I caught her in my arms. What I want to know is why she couldn't have let me know she wanted me in a plain, straightforward way, without writing to a friend and putting it where I'd see it. End of section 27. How she proposed. Recording by Jamila.